this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. How are you today? Ryan, good to see you. Good to see you as well. You just fixed your hair because it was a little messy a minute ago. My hair say is something. insane. My hair is so long. I don't know what to do with it anymore. Uh, have you ever heard of a haircut? Uh, No. Can you tell me about it? No, I haven't had one in a little while, but... Uh, that doesn't help. Well, you can get a haircut, can't you? You fear going in there? You're not vaccinated. No, I'm not. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Your hair is standing straight up. Is it? Is yeah. it bad? What are you going to do? It's fun. I guess if you're listening, you're going to have to tune in on YouTube. Uh, you know, my friend sent me this quote. We were talking about, uh, you know, he gets a lot of anxiety and stuff. I play ice hockey, and he's, he's an old hockey buddy, Joey. And he says, we were talking about anxiety in life. And he says, you know, you know Marcus Aurelius. I'm like, well, I don't know him. But uh, he had a quote. He says, we are more frightened than hurt. And we suffer more in imagination than reality. Mm. And I thought that was pretty interesting because it's our minds that F with us the most, right? Mm -hmm. We're always thinking about disaster, doom and gloom. And our minds are much more, I don't know, I, I, I think that's so accurate. It's like if I could just get out of my own head, out of my own way. Do you do that? Yeah. Are you in your own way? Of course. How do we just get out? How do we just say, hey, man, life is good. Let's just like, you know, whatever hits us. There's some people that either they're fucking liars that just go, yeah, I just go with the flow and they're happy and they don't think too much. I think when you think too much, you're just you're you're, you're done. The, the minute you start thinking, overthinking, uh, that's when things get complicated for me. I agree. <laughs> I, was, I was also trying to. I was also dry swallowing. Were you dry swallowing? I've never heard of the word, Ugh. the term dry swallowing. I don't think I ever want to hear that again. No, I never want to hear the terms <laughs> dry swallowing. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. If you're here for Matthew Lewis, a friend of mine, um, Neville Longbottom from Harry Potter's, and tons and tons of other shit too. And um, if you're here for him, I urge you to give this show a chance and uh, subscribe on YouTube and Apple, Spotify, whatever. Tune in. You might just learn something every week. I know I learn things. Ryan learns things. The guest learns things. And I think uh, all of you might. Matthew Lewis is a, a good buddy. He, uh, we met at a convention signing autographs. And uh, he was really sweet. And he was with his, uh, one of his buddies years ago. And um, they ended up crashing at my house when they came to L.A., him and his buddy Nick. And uh, we became friends. And then I, my brother and I went out to England, made a pit stop, and he picked us up from the airport, took us to Leeds, and on the way, he, we stopped by the Harry Potter sets and saw the owls and all the little, I mean, the OG man, it was there, and it was, uh, and I've never been a huge Harry Potter fan. I've never, like, I've never seen all the movies. Uh, obviously, now, with him and it as a friend, I was like, you know, I have, I have to check him out, but, um, you know, it was, uh, it was interesting, and he's such a laid-back, down-to-earth guy, loves his Leeds. He's a big Leeds fan. He just goes on about that, and I, and I love that. But you're going to get a kick out of this interview. It's a lot of fun. Also, uh, please follow us. Uh, we would really appreciate the support. Follow us. Ryan, tell them where the hand, what the handles are. Uh, at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That is correct. Please subscribe on YouTube. 
Please subscribe to my Apple Podcast. Please write a review. It helps substantially. If you're enjoying the show at all, uh, it really does help. Uh, it's like those little Ma and Pa stores that you want to help out. It's uh, the same thing. We're that little podcast that could, and we will. A Ma podcast. A Ma podcast. Ma podcast. That's a great <laughs> name for a podcast. The Ma podcast. I hope that hasn't been done yet. What just like. Just a mod posh. Someone's just, stealing that right now. Whoever's right listening, now. you're yeah. welcome. You're <laughs> fucking welcome. Uh, also, urge you a big, uh, big shows coming up for uh, the band Sunspin. Here's the uh, album. You can get it at sunspin.com. You can get the vinyl, or not the vinyl. The vinyl will be out soon, but you can get the CD and uh, beanies and shirts and lunch boxes and autographs on the sunspin.com site. And uh, we're playing Sunspin. We're going to play the entire album, maybe a cover or two, March 27th which is just in a few days, uh, 2 p.m. and a 6 p.m. show, Pacific Standard Time. So we hope you'll join us. Go to stageit.com and just type in Sunspin and uh, join us. That's going to be a lot of fun. And if you want any cool inside of you merch, we got tons of new stuff. we got new tumblers and, and the new white mugs came in and shirts and you know, Smallville stuff, autograph, Smallville lunchbox and shirts and stuff. You can go to the inside of you online store to get all that stuff. I usually have discounts and things like that. but. Uh, in fact, why don't we throw a discount at them? Give me a give me a name and a number. How about a want to say uh fifteen percent off everything? Oh, I was gonna say Jenny eight six seven five three oh nine, but that's not what you're looking for. That's a little long. <laughs> okay. How about I don't know. Inside Ryan. Oh no. Inside R Y A N. It's inside Ryan and I said fifteen, so we gotta go fifteen, right? All right. Inside Ryan 15, and that will give you 15% off everything in the store, and that's only going to be for a couple days, so you might want to rack that up. Will you remind me, Ryan? Inside Ryan 15? That's correct. All right. That is the code today. Okay. So I'm going to say I appreciate everybody out there listening, continually, continuing to listen to the podcast and everything. Ryan, by the way, is uh, is everything going okay in your life? I mean, it's... Uh, you, it's look, okay. you look a little uh, a little bit uh, frantic inside. Like, uh -huh. I can see there's, like, some things going on. Is everything going all right? Yeah, I mean, it's as okay as it can be. I mean, I just I work too much. And I'm looking forward to not working as much, and I don't know how to do that. <sighs> yeah, you know, that's the thing. We either work too much or we don't work at all, and then we have too much time on our hands or we don't have any time on our hands, and we got to give ourselves a break. I mean... uh I'm I'm trying. I uh, I'm still going through the whole, you know, adjusting to some meds and things like that, and just trying to, you know, lower the anxiety. And then sometimes you you, you take a little too much, and then you're more anxious. And mm -hmm. it's just that you know, sometimes I'm just like, fuck it, man. I'm just gonna get off all of it again and just uh, go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and I think back to the old days, and I was in, uh, anxiety ridden. I mean, there was always an anxiousness to me, and I didn't realize that it was. People say, well, use that to your benefit, man. The anxiety, the, and uh, I just didn't like living like that or living like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, that's the thing, but uh, you know, I'm doing my best and I'm, I'm being a little more active this week, which helped. I got an epidural in my back. They, uh, they gave me some injections in my spine and that helped me because oh. I had some lower, really major lower back problem. I've had some, you know, back problems my whole life and uh, I'm just trying to, this is a fixing stage. This whole pandemic has been a time where I'm learning too much about myself, but I'm also yeah. taking care of things while while we're still here because the light's at the end of the tunnel. We see the light. It's coming. The vaccines are coming. But I'm trying to get 
to a place where I feel just really, really good. Isn't it crazy though? This last week was the year was like the anniversary of the official Los Angeles lockdown this week. Like, yeah, last week, Jesus, that was intense, man. That's I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. I, I, I posted a, a St. Patrick's day song on Twitter. I was like, Oh, this will just be a silly bunt. And I was just looking at that person from a year ago. And I don't I do not feel the same. I uh, don't feel the same as that person. It's weird. It is weird. And it's, uh, I, I hope that it's given a, given everyone out there a different perspective on just life and like camaraderie on like, for sure. Just being more of a human being and listening to people and being more present and, you know, maybe this is a wake up call. I hope people see it like that. I know a lot of people probably won't and, um, it, you know, it'll get worse, but I'm trying to be a little optimistic. I hope we all start listening to each other and loving each other just a little bit more because, uh, boy, I mean, a lot of people died and a lot of shit went down in this last year. And you just hope that this is a year that people remember and, and learn from. I don't, I don't know. I want to be optimistic, but, uh, Anyway, here's to everyone getting vaccinations, if that's what you believe in. Mm -hmm. um, you could shoot me in my butthole for all I care. I want to be just done with this, and I want to go travel, and I want to do my thing. So get me vaccinated, get the world back to work, and uh, let's get inside of Matthew Lewis. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Matt Lewis, do you, by the way, do you like, I mean, do you like Matthew? Do you like Matt? Do you like Matthew? Which one? <laughs> um, my mom calls me Matthew, um, but most of my friends call me Matt, so that's all right. What does your wife call you? Besides asshole, clean the office. Mostly that, but Matt, I think she calls me mostly. Sports people call me Matty. Have you ever noticed that, sport, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in the UK, all sports people have to put like a, there has to be like a, a Y sound on the end of it. Rosie, I'm Rosie. Rosie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Matty. And I, I've never ever told anyone to call me Matty. I hate it. But all sports people, without ever asking me, call me that. Now, you have a podcast as well. Every fucking actor now yeah, has right. a podcast. Pandemic podcast, isn't it? What so are you do? Th this was kind of a dream to you because you're you're from Yorkshire. Is it Yorkshire or yeah. Yorkshire? Yorkshire. Yorkshire. So yeah. Leeds is obviously your your favorite team. Leeds United. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, my buddy right here, my engineer, you can't see him, Ryan. His family, right, is from Leeds. Oh, uh, they're from Harrogate. Uh, and my <laughs> oh wow, no shit. My uncles are huge uh, Leeds supporters. That's funny. Yeah, Harrogate's so, beautiful. Have you been? Oh, uh, several times. Yeah, yeah. We always yeah. Fly, uh, been flying into Leeds Bradford my whole life. Uh, <laughs> I didn't fly into Leeds Bradford. Matt, he he picked me up at uh, London Heathrow and we drove to Leeds. Do you remember that? Yeah, man. That was a good time. We were listening to. The we should have gone to Harrogate. We could have gone to the Turkish baths in Harrogate. That would have been nice. Whoa, that. whoa, whoa! Wait, what? A Turkish bath? Mm hmm. It's it's a bath. Yeah, it's like town. a it's like a spa, like a so you do all the steam rooms and all that, and they've got the frigidarium, which is like you know the ice baths and stuff. It's good. It's nice. Are people in there with you? Yeah, there's got you can do you can do full naked days. I think with I've never with done men them. and women together. Uh, not the naked ones. I think they're uh, I think they're they're not co-ed them. <laughs> hey, so look, I know you moved to Florida, which broke my heart because every one of my friends moves away, and I'm starting to get a complex here. But you, you, moved, you <laughs> I mean, you moved to Florida. 
and it was your fault. It, it was, but you know, I, I you told me why. You said, "Look, it's the mi- middle ground. It's uh, you know, you, you're not too far from your family in London or in in Leeds, and Angela's there with her family, and you could always fly out to L.A. Which you don't come out to L.A. much, do you? Unless you have a big audition or something. Well, we we actually had planned to like because because Ange made like when we were there, Ange made some really really great friends, like really close friends, and they've been over Europe around Europe together and. We had planned in 2020 to come back to LA for quite a bit. Um, obviously, that got shit on by um, the pandemic. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, Florida was 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 going to be a base for us, but we actually we planned on kind of flitting around a little bit. Like we wanted to spend a bit of time in New York. We we're going to go and um, spend like three months up in New York, and then we we're going to come back out to LA for a bit. But we just. Uh, yeah, it just uh, that's all fallen through, along with everyone else around the world's plans as well, like world's tiniest violin. Um, but yeah, like we will like once <laughs> once everyone's back, once everyone's back to it, we'll uh, we'll certainly uh, we'll be we'll be heading out there again. Yeah, you know all this the, the whole COVID thing. I mean, a lot of people have been dealing. Everybody's dealing with it in their own way, and everybody has hard times. And everybody, you know, obviously my anxiety's been through the roof. Uh, you know, I've been you know in therapy and trying to deal with my shit no. and. Uh, you know, you have good times, you have bad times, but I think I got a little what's called cabin fever. Remember in The Shining yeah. when the, when he's telling Jack Nicholson, he's like, well, a man, um, Delbert Grady, he was a caretaker. Good man. No no uh, previous records of anything violent or anything, but he brought his family up here for the winter. And uh, after a couple of months, he got what some people call cabin fever, you know, just kind of lost his mind and he chopped his daughters up with an axe and shot his wife with a shotgun and uh <laughs> anyway so it's not that i'm just saying that i remember cabin is that where fe- you're at is it no 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 no. i'm not like that i don't get violent i just i just sometimes wake up uh, or, or i don't really i don't sleep well i get anxious have you gotten i know you're a pretty mellow guy but do you do you get anxiety um i tell you one thing i'm gonna do i mean if, i i do and i don't i mean like i i definitely feel um at times sort of anxious and overwhelmed and stuff like that but it, it it's it's not it's not debilitating in the way that i know the actual medical definition of it is so i would never i would never say i have anxiety i think it can be quite i know it's a, i know it's a you know it's a, it's a it's a heavily used term but when i've seen people who genuinely suffer from anxiety and it can be really debilitating and they can't like they don't want to get out of bed or they don't want to leave the house or whatever and they can't like, I mean, my wife gets it sometimes and she can't even speak, you know? And it's like, I would never want to reduce that by saying, oh yeah, I get anxiety. Like I get anxious about things, but I don't have anxiety, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, but I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get, I get certainly get, get quite overwhelmed with, with the job at times. Usually when I'm, when I'm in the middle of a job and I'm panicking about it being shit. Okay. So um, oh, wait, so do you equate success with happiness like if you are great or is or like you're 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 insatiable obviously you want to be great we all want to be great we want the studios to think we're great and but uh after a while you know the older i get the real i realize i just got to do the best i can and by the way i'm not saying i'm i'm good with this now but like you know when is it good enough or what what is it that makes you anxious about that well, I think that there's there's a couple of things. So like my my because uh, I I was seeing a, a therapist for a little while, um, 
And it was simply because, um, and again, like it wasn't anything debilitating. I just thought, I, I think that there's not, there shouldn't be a stigma around it for a start. And 100%. I thought, well, I'm not working. It's I'm a bit down in the dumps. I'm sort of like, um, I didn't feel um, fulfilled, inspired. inspired. I didn't feel inspired to do anything. I felt like I just couldn't be bothered. And even when, and it wasn't if like I was out, like self tapes were coming in. I just couldn't be bothered. And I was like, what's wrong with 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 this? So I spoke to someone, and it was fine. Like it, it was it was all right. And uh, we came out the other end of it. And actually, moving back to Florida helped a great deal. Um, but but. She said something quite interesting to me. She said that you need to find something in your life that 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 you can do so that you can remove your job from from being the sole thing that defines you. Because it was like everything that I was doing, every choice that I was making in life, um, had all been to try and make myself as successful as possible. And therefore, every time that I was a setback where I didn't get a role or um, or something wasn't as successful as it could have been or a bad review, it was like that was all consuming, that suddenly that was a reflection on me as a human being, not just me as an actor, but also me as a me as my worth as a person. Um and I mean, she told me that. I haven't fixed that. I haven't done what she told me to do. But, that's a but it was great advice. It, it, yeah, well, fuck. It's, you know what it is? You're acknowledging it because you see truth behind it. And that's that's exactly you yeah. can't we can't value ourselves or our self-worth based on, you know, what we do. All we could base it on is how, uh, you know, our work ethic, how hard we try being a decent person. There's things you can control. And then there's a lot of things you can't. Well, I think you just summed it up in that you just said there that you're trying your best. I think that the, the crucial thing is if something's shit, it's shit. Okay. Maybe you were just wrong for the role or you just didn't get it right or whatever. Like, but as long as you can come away from that and you go, you know what? I did the very best that I could. Like I, 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 I did. I worked hard. I knew my lines at the back of my hand. I did all the preparation. I did everything, and and it worked for me. If it didn't resonate with with that with that uh, critic or with those people, then I'm kind of I'm I'm learning to get better at that because as long as the only time I get really upset is when I look back and I go, you know what, you didn't, you didn't do everything you could have done there. Right, and I'm and I'm and I'm getting better to a point where I'm like, so long as I've done what I've all I can do, you have to accept that. And I said this earlier, like it's quite a pretentious thing to say, but what we do is is art, and art by definition is is subjective, and so like everything that you do is it's it's not going to resonate with everyone. It's not going to speak to everyone, um, but as long as it spoke to you and you believed it and you did everything you could, then it'll. It'll it'll say something to someone, um, yeah. And uh, that's the best you can do. I well, think. Well, by the way, I mean, in this day and age, and I've talked about this. If you suck, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're on the, on Twitter for five seconds until the next thing happens, and everyone's forgotten that Matthew Lewis yeah. once sucked or was yeah. subpar. And I think that maybe maybe I'm wrong, but was there that part of you? Because I know there was that part of me for a while where I played Lex Luthor and I wanted like people to go, I'm not, I'm not just Lex Luthor. I'm not just a villain. I, I can do comedy. Look at me. I'm a monkey. I could do anything. Do you think there, there's a part of like, you know, I, I was never long, but I'm, that was a character. I'm different now. I'm, I'm, and you know, obviously you, you're handsome as fuck. 
You look completely different. You wore a fat suit. You, you changed. You, they, they added teeth on you as Neville. But do you ever, is there part of you that just wants to go, I want people to see how great I can fucking be. And I'm not just this character who was great. I think absolutely like up until relatively recently, that would have absolutely have been a thing. And I still, I still to a degree get a bit frustrated sometimes when people sort of say, oh, he's he, he, like, for example, I mean, I'm doing this show at the minute, it's on PBS. Um, and like a lot of the headlines have been, oh, he's not longer, never Longbottom anymore. And it's like, I haven't been that for 10 years and I have done things that have been so wildly different. Like I've been in dramas that have won BAFTAs and I've done all this kind of stuff and I'm not bragging. It's just like, I've done all this stuff. And and yet, still, ten years later, it's people are, are, are making the, the claim that I've sort of jumped from Harry Potter into this, and have completely ignored the the the, right. the journey that it's taken to get there. And and that's that, I guess, can be frustrating um, because it feels like not that I'm frustrated by anything to do with Harry Potter, but it feels like you have that little voice in your head that goes, "Hey, you know all that hard work you did for the last ten years? No one fucking saw it. No one cares." All right. They're still like, it's like, they still think this is the first job you've done since Harry Potter. Remember that performance? No one watched it. Right. And it's like, that's not true. Right. Right. But it's like that little thing creeps in. But on the flip side of it, I have been doing a very good job lately. And I don't know if it comes from maturity or age, you know, whatever. I've done a very good job of that. I've, I've got to a point where I'm, I'm relatively comfortable in life. I'm happily married. Um, and I'm pretty content with, you know, current situation of pandemic aside, I'm pretty content with my lot. And it's like, I have been in great films and great shows and I've been very privileged and fortunate for that. I kind of just want to work for myself now. Good. And it's like, if I do a role and, and, and someone doesn't like it or didn't like, didn't think that it worked because they could only see me as Harry as Neville Longbottom or all this thing, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Because when I was filming that for three months, I had the best three months of my life and I got paid and I don't care. Well, listen to this. I will tell you this. And thank you for sharing that with me. But I, I will say that it's a blessing that, and I know you know this already, you've said this, it's a blessing. Harry Potter was a blessing. It was like, you know, we've talked about that ad nauseum. But what they do and what I do on the podcast um, for those that don't like, if I said Matt Lewis is on the podcast, a lot of people might say, I don't know who Matt Lewis is. If I said Michael Rosenbaum's on the pot, well, on my own pot, on your podcast, they'd say, who the fuck is Michael <laughs> Rosenbaum? So I don't care anymore. Smallville's Lex Luthor, Michael Rosenbaum on the podcast. Oh, I love that show. Maybe I'll watch that interview. Harry Potter's Matthew Lewis. People go, oh, I want to listen to what he has to say. I loved his character. Oh, my God. Look, he's handsome. Now they could see you as an adult, as a man, as a good looking guy who's doing all these things. And so sometimes I've accepted this and it took me a while, but that what they do is they're trying to promote their show, their whatever, the best they can. So people will come and watch it and then see how great you are. So it might seem a little bit like, oh, well, Neville Longbottom, see how he's grown up. I mean, they're going to do that for the history of your life, probably. And then Harry, here's why. Harry Potter was the biggest sensation in the history of cinema. So right. you will never do anything that great. I mean, you you might, but it's it's very <laughs> well, I probably won't do anything as great as small, but it's just but it's true. And 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 I'm and I'm you know, I'm 
It's it's it sounds ridiculous to say, but I am I'm genuinely fine with that. <laughs> Me too. Like I'm genuinely just like you know, it would be, if I if I don't work again, that would be rubbish because I enjoy yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've got nothing really else to do. I'm I sit and play PlayStation all day. Um, so like I would like to keep working, but if those things are not like blockbuster movies or you know winning Golden Globes, like I, as long as I enjoy doing it. Like that's that is if you if people are gonna pay me to do things that I enjoy and I'm not starving, then I'm gonna be all right, you know. Well, look at this. I mean, you've worked with great people, and when I look up stuff on you, like uh, for instance, All Creatures Great and Small was really regarded, high ratings, critical acclaim. New York Times praised you. You got to believe the New York Times, unless you're no. You see, I I I. I I'll always come up with some kind but of... But what could you come some, up with? This guy doesn't know you. Matthew Lewis was sensational as this character. He really uh, conveyed such a lovely fuck. Well, I mean, what would you... <laughs> what, what, how do you not believe a guy who's randomly writing about you doesn't know you? I genuinely, I just, I, I don't know. I just think that he's maybe... Uh, I don't know. I always I just, I, I, I will always come up with some... It's what, I, I don't know whether we caught this earlier. I was talking to you about it. But I was saying about how with our industry, the, the outcome is, 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 is so, again, subjective, but it's like, there's no, ah, there's no definitive end to, to, to it. Like we, I was saying that if, if you're a footballer and you win a game, you get to go home that night and you are, you are happy with your performance because you got the win. If you uh, are a banker and you made loads of money for your, for your clients, you've got the, you've, you've done the job description is to make money for your clients. Now, acting is like, yeah, okay, we, we got the film in the can, we made the TV series, whatever. But like whether people enjoy it, whether it's actually any good is just, is so... In the it, air. It's, not, it's, it's, un, it's unquantifiable, you know? And so it's just like, I will always find an excuse why, why it, 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 it wasn't good. Okay, until you are on a hit series and you've won awards and it's gone for five seasons and then you have to say, okay, then what are you going to say? Oh, well, that's just, uh, then you, I mean, when is it going to be in Matthew Lewis's mind or Maddie? When is it going to, where you're, where you're, con- call me where you're, where your, your football players call you that? Yeah. Your football blows. I don't like it. Oh, you just, you don't you like know. when they call you it either? No, I hate it. I absolutely, I don't know where it's coming from. They're just all sportsmen call me. I don't know why. <laughs> all sportsmen. Um, all, all sportsmen give me the name Matty. And they've never got it from anyone. I've never told them to call me that. It's like this weird, like locker room instinct that they have to put a Y on the end of my name. And you can't change that. You've ever said, "Hey, can you not call me that?" No, I mean it's quite charming. Like <laughs> when a Premier League footballer gives you a nickname, it's quite exciting. Like yeah. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna say, "Yo, don't call me that." I just internally <laughs> don't like it. When do you think you'll ever be content, or do you think that the insatiable side of you that sort of like that gives you the drive, that gives you what you need, even though it's self-deprecating and it's all these things, it's something that it's this cyclical process that you torture yourself with that you think you're going to just continue on in life like this. I mean, I would like to be, I, I, part of me thinks I would like to be one of those people who just believes everything, including the bullshit, but that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, like if you, I suppose that there could be a happy medium to be found. Um, but it's the idea of that. I guess I've always been nervous that, you know, in our industry, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people like to blow smoke up your ass and, 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 and lie to your face about how good something is. And it's, and it's like, I've always been one of those people that I'll never buy into that. I'll never believe that, you know, I'll always be, I'll always take that with a pinch of salt. 
but then it goes to the extreme where you get a good review and it's like that guy's full of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't. He's an he's an idiot. Why should I be listening to his opinion? Um, and it's like I never want to go the other way where I believe. Where I I guess if I take if I I worry that if I take a good review and I believe it, then I'll believe anything. And and everyone's you know Harry Potter fans are the best fans in the world. They're so lovely and so kind, and they say the sweetest things. And and it's like with any fan base, you 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 have to always worry. Are they did they did they, did they genuinely like what you did, or do they just love Harry Potter and that's why they said it? And you can get caught up in. I think that it's very easy to get caught up in in. Uh, in, in fans sort of bigging you up and then you start to big yourself up and then it's just, it gets a bit, I don't know. What is I, just, I, I would rather, I would rather be critical of myself than, than full of my own shit. Shit. Exactly. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, listen, we've talked about mental health and improving your health and uh you know i think the stigma is going away with therapy and it has helped me immensely it's helped ryan and so many of my friends and people around the world um you know just talking to someone objectively and about what's going on in your life every time i get on i think what am i going to talk about and within 20 minutes i'm like so so glad that i did it i know and Ryan, this year has flown by. I mean, what are we? We're halfway through this year, and I think it's really important for all of us to celebrate your wins. Sometimes we're just so worried about the problems at hand that we don't celebrate those things that, hey, we're doing okay. We're 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 making it here, and uh, you make adjustments for the rest of the year. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. Therapy is so helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy truly is for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime. No additional charge. I think that's the big hang-up. And people are like, what if I don't like my therapist? What if I don't get along? What if I'm not vibing? You switch. There's no questions asked. That's what's so awesome. It's all online. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Shrink the Books is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Books is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Has anyone said something where you go, now that is an honor, now I believe that. Has someone that you really regard 
that you trust that came up to you that said, Matthew, and smacked you across the face and said, you were brilliant in that. You really were fucking good. And you believed it. Um, the New York Times. <laughs> no, not the New York Times. Nope. Um, no. You know what? My best mate, Nick, who you know. Yep. Right? Who uh, is... It works in recruitment. He's not in the industry whatsoever. And we have a relationship where we are brutally honest with each other. Um, we never very, very, very rarely compliment each other. It would be weird to be too nice to each other. Um, and he knows that I have complexes about various different things um, with regard to my, to my acting. Um, and, and yet, despite him knowing these things, he will still say that was shit, which is why I respect him more than like so many other people who could tell me something. Everything so is shit. He says no, no, but he will tell me if something is shit, and I'm like, well, he knows that 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 would genuinely like fuck me up. So if he's saying it, then I could take it as like that's legitimate. But on the flip side, is if he thinks something's good, he will he will when he tells me it's good, I'm like, fuck, wow. I mean, what does Nick know? He's a philistine. There's nothing about art, but <laughs> but if he enjoyed it, then then you know maybe what did he like? It was all right. What did he like? Did he like when you played Amelia Clark's boyfriend? Uh, I don't think he saw it. Um, <laughs> Good I friend. think what did he what did he see recently? Baby done. Uh, no, he liked happy. He enjoyed Happy Valley. He liked Happy Valley. I think that was it. And had that make you feel that. when he said it really made you feel good? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. I was that was nice of him to say. Um, that was a nice thing. Again, like he's not. You know, he's not. He's not the Hollywood Foreign Press. But, Will you believe you them? Know. Because I'll tell you what, no. a lot of the shit that they put <laughs> no. out there is shit. I don't believe anyone. I, the point is, I don't believe anyone. I can't take compliments, all right? That's, I've got a problem. I've got a complex. I don't know. Well, when your wife looks you in the eyes and says, you're very handsome, do you believe it? No, she has to say that. What? <laughs> what happened as a child? Because I know you had good parents, right? <laughs> yeah. But what is, where does the complex, I like to dig deep. Where does the complex come from, you think? For me, I could tell you exactly what it was. My dad told me I wasn't smart. I didn't do good in school. I... I, my mom told me right in front of me that my dad's favorite was my brother, Eric. There are things that I will always remember that make me go, this is why I am that way and why I have anxiety, why I feel dumb. And that's why I work on them and realize, no, they were just shitty parents at that point to do that, those things. And I'm not those things. I wouldn't be here if I was that dumb. I wouldn't be here if I was that. So what happened as a kid or something that made you feel this, uh, I don't know less about yourself i think it's more of a defense mechanism to be totally honest with you i think if i was i mean again what the fuck do i know um but i think it's more of a um it is a way for me i think that the idea is that throughout my life uh things have sort of got um like balls have, have got rolling and then i've gone oh god this is worrying now because if, if if this does quite well suddenly you're up on that pedestal to be shot down right um, I had it with this podcast. So I'm doing this Leeds United podcast and I was quite nervous about doing a podcast to begin with. You're hosting wanna, it. You know, yeah, yeah. So originally it started off that me and uh, a couple of friends, we got together and said, let's make a podcast about Leeds, just us. And we got a guy, uh, an ex-player called Jermaine Beckford to come and do it. And it was it was going quite well for a few weeks. Um, and I was really nervous about it because I was like, once you put that out there, you're, you know, you're putting yourself out there and saying, here, I have an opinion on this. 
come and take a shot at me. And I've always quite enjoyed sort of just keeping my head down with regard to that stuff. Because if you don't, you know, if you don't put your head above the parapet, no one can blow it off. Um, and so I've not really done it very often. And um, it ended up doing really well. Long story short, Leeds United, the actual club, got in touch and said, would we like to do the official one? So we've sort of, we've merged our podcast into, we are now the official Leeds United podcast. Right, shit. Now this is a Premier League club, a global a global franchise that people are going to be listening to. And I like, that's when I get my anxiety where I'm like, fuck, like now I'm in a position where um, people, you know, can, can, can criticize. They're actually going to be listening to me. They're going to be paying attention to me. And, mm. and I was very close to sort of pulling the plug. So I was like, ah, I don't know if I want that kind of attention. I don't know if I want to put myself in that, in that spotlight to be taken ah. shots at. Um, and I did, I went on with it cause, cause I, I've, I developed a few years ago, like a, an attitude that, that if it scares you, you should do it anyway. But my instinct is always to just go, eh, no, I'm, I'm all right. I don't need to do that. And it's kind of like that. I, I, I hate rejection and I hate like bad press or bad reviews so much that I'm like, you can't get badly reviewed if you don't do a play. It's like, it's, 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 it's like this defense mechanism. So the reason I don't, I think that I don't um, believe shit is because it's like, but if I do believe it, say if I go and read 99 reviews of a film, okay. And they're all great. And I believe all of them. I go brilliant. I know eventually I'm going to read one that thought I was terrible and that's going to fucking undo everything and make me feel 10 times worse. And so I just think, well, I just, if I just don't, don't believe any of it, I don't have to worry about it. But Matthew, and I can ignore the bad ones as well. If you take a test, you get a 99. It's an A. If you get a 90, it's an A. Even if you get an 80, oh, mate. it's a B. I know it's, for me, I know it's, fucked. I got 50, 61s. I passed 61%. If 61% of people like you, you still pass. Rotten Tomatoes is the biggest hunk of shit I've ever looked at. I don't know how they do it. I know it's all these people probably that get paid off, but they say some things are such shit that are so great. They say things that are brilliant or shit. They give things 100% that are like a 70 at best. I mean, this is just bullshit. You, uh, look, I just think that if I, if, like I said, if I ignore the good ones, then that gives me an excuse to ignore the bad ones as well. And then I can just have a nice benchmark of, of, of average. But the Guardian praised your performance and baby done. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? The New York Times. The I mean, people loved you in Harry Potter. You you have to know one thing. You don't suck. Well, I've I, I have I have come to the conclusion again in recent years that I can do the job. I have I have I have made that peace with myself. I'm like you might not be the best actor in the world. Um, you might not have, you know, spectacular range, but you can do a job. Like you are a safe pair of hands and people will keep giving you work. And that was quite, a, even that was like quite a nice feeling just to get to that point where I'm like, huh, I can, I actually can do this. Like I've, there was, there was years where I didn't even feel comfortable calling myself an actor. Like I got paid for it, but I don't know. Like, was I just, was I just getting work off the back of Harry Potter or whatever? So now I, I definitely feel much more comfortable that I can, I can do a job, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you're far better than average or uh, what did you call it? Something hands? A safe pair of hands. A That's safe what I am. pair yeah. of hands. Have you ever heard that, Ryan? Is that an English thing? 
I guess it must be if you've not heard I of it. It's just that. like, you know, when, you, when, when you've got a job for someone and it's like, you don't need someone to excel. You just need a safe pair of hands that's going to get the job done. Hey, you know, uh, we haven't even really talked about Harry Potter, which is, which is kind of great for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if somebody's, no, I, I, I know you love I'm, it. I'm just giving you shit. I know you, you, but if somebody said, if they called you again, they wanted you, uh, they want to do another Harry Potter. She's written another book. My wife asked me that a week ago. What would you do? She asked me because there were there was that that news thing that she showed me about how they're talking about apparently they're working on they're working on some TV series. It's probably bullshit. I'm pretty sure it's bullshit. Or at least like or at least like all it is is like some guy in an office went, "Hey, we should make a Harry Potter show." And they go, "Yeah, we should do that." And that's literally the limit of the story. Um but anyway, it's big news. It's global. It's everywhere. It's viral. Um because it's Harry Potter. Um and my wife was like, would you do it if, if they asked you? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, I can't confess to have given it some ser- any serious thought, but um, I don't know. I, uh, I don't have a desire to do it. Let's put, let's put it that way. Um, like there's obviously many, many factors when it comes to, to whether you're going to take a job on or not. I mean, let's be honest, we're, we're, we can claim to be artists all day long, but we're just, professionals and if you know if the money's right then you'll probably do a lot of things um that's such a huge epic thing in in terms of wanting to go back to that character i would genuinely have to say it would have i mean this is me purely speculating it's not going to be about that i'm not going to ask me or anything like that but if they did hypothetically i would have to read i would have to read everything i'd have to know exactly what it was who was doing it you know i'd I always said to my wife, like, do you remember when they did like Save by the Bell, the new class, and it was just Mr. Belding? And it's like, I don't want to be Mr. Belding. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? well, hang on. Here's what's great. If they did it, think about this. They'd probably put a, a little suit on you so you look a little heavier. You'd probably, they could mess your teeth mm. up. You could look a little bit different. You can gain some weight for the role. And you could look not like you again. <laughs> so you go back to something that you transform. Transformation. I just, I just don't know if I tell you one thing about, about the, the, my absolute favorite thing about being an actor, right. Is the fact that, and I don't know if you have a similar kind of thing, but the, the, the thing with me is that I've never really excelled at, at, at anything like sport or, um, academia. Like I was, I, I've basically been fine at everything. Like I'm not really bad at anything. Um, I'm just fine at loads of stuff. I can do loads of stuff. Too hard on yourself. Um, and so the thing with acting is that I've never actually had to choose, sit and, and, and choose a profession because with acting, I can, I can do all kinds of different mad shit. Like I can play soldiers. I can play police officers. I can play wizards. I can, you know, whatever the role takes, I get to adopt a whole new lifestyle and a new, uh, I get to play dress up, you know, I get to get in costume and, and play make-believe. And then when I've done with that, I get to move on and do a different one. I've got a really short attention span and, and I get bored really easily with stuff. And, uh, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm really good at, uh, at focusing all my energy into something for a really short space of time. Like I will, I will get, when I'm on, a, when I'm on something that, I, that I'm enjoying, I'll be like, I'll be obsessed with it. I'll be obsessive. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll be, obs- I'll be like, first thing I think about, I want to do it, do it, do it. And then after about a week, I go, yeah, I'm bored now and I'll move on, which with, 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 with acting is so great for me because I can be fully invested in a role for a couple of months. And then I go, yeah, I'm done with that now. I get to go and do a different one. 
and it just keeps it fresh all the time and exciting. And, and uh, I guess off the back of being in Harry Potter for 10 years, I really enjoy the freedom of being able to do that. And, um, and I have kind of shied away from a lot of um, roles and, and stuff that have, that have been, oh, this could potentially be another seven years. And I'm just, even without, like, I'll do the self-tape or whatever, but in, I can feel it when I'm doing the tape, like my heart's not in it. Cause it's like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to do something for 10 years. Yeah. Um, I, I do the same thing. It's, it's a lot of, so, it's a commitment. It's like, you know, you, you, be careful what you wish for. Cause you know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful and I always have to preface it with that. But when, when I did seven years, 10 months a year, I'm on that show and I didn't see my family much. And I, uh, that's, that's what you're doing. That's the role you are. That's, you know, that's it. So, uh, you know, you gotta weigh the options, go, wow, success, fame, money, all this, no life. Or it depends if you're struggling too. It also depends if you're struggling, yes. I would work at McDonald's. So if we're both working at McDonald's, I would do whatever the fuck. I, I worked at McDonald's once. That's what I mean. Like, I think it's, it, it, it's, it's a very, it's very often that people go, like you talk about the industry and, and there's like, if people take a money job or whatever, there's, there's an idea of it's, it's selling out or, or you, you're not a respect, you, you, you're not respecting the art form or you, you, whatever. It's like, at the end of the day, it's a fucking job. All right. We're all trying to earn a living. Okay. We're not, we didn't all make $25 million on our last movie. So we're all trying to <laughs> get to the next job and make our next paycheck or whatever. It's like, if I've taken a job because, because it's money, it doesn't mean that I'm selling out. It doesn't mean that I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do a good job. I'm still going to give 110%. I'm going to earn that check. It just means that maybe it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Do you ever, how often do you audition for uh, American characters where you have to get rid of your English accent? How many? What percentage? Yeah, quite a bit. Quite often, actually. Um, Is it hard for you? Most. No, no. So I, I, I much prefer doing um, accents. In fact, the last, apart from, well, so the last film I did, Baby Done, was my own accent. Um, and I really struggled with it. I hate doing stuff in my own accent. Um, because I just, I just find an accent is, so some people find it a bit of a straight jacket and they find it quite difficult. I go the other way in that I can fully immerse myself in a character when they, when I, when I find their, their voice, when I find their accent, I could just, that allows me to just slip into it so easily. Um, and then suddenly I, I have a, a loss of inhibitions it's almost the complete opposite these straight jackets come off for me i find my own voice a straight jacket in that when i'm using it i i, I struggle to differentiate between myself and the character and and i get i i have mixed mixed thought processes that go on in my head um and and that just gets confused and i and i struggle to commit sometimes to to an action or to a to a line or whatever because I don't know who's saying it. Wow. So your own voice bothers you, your own accent, your own accent yeah, doing yeah. that. You'd rather prefer it, not doing that's rare. Usually people want to, it's easier to be, you know, talk like this and yeah. have a conversation. So you right. prefer, what, what is your favorite uh, accent to do? Um, it's probably, I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed doing. So I did a show called Ripper street where I played a Cockney or East, East end of London. And, uh, that was quite fun because I was living in London at the time and you know, you get, you get cabbies and, and you, you, you go around London, get on the bus or whatever, and you can hear people talking and it's, it's weirdly, it's always an accent that I'd sort of done like, um, 
just pissing about like at home and stuff. We'd, I would just, I'd do it all the time. So that was quite fun. I quite enjoyed doing that. And that was one that I really, as soon as I did that, I just, I felt, I felt me, Matthew Lewis sort of just slip away instantly. Um, Let me hear a little Cockney. Uh, no, no, you well, can go and, well, just, you can go and pay well, to stream teach it me, if you Teach me a word. How would I say, hey, great to see you, Matthew. Um, great, to see, great to see you, Matthew. I, uh, it's great, great, great to see you, Matthew. Ma- Ma- they do F, a lot of Fs. See, Matthew. I was right. I said Matthew. Matthew. It's great to see you, Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, like, like that. Um, ah, I heard it. That's good. Um, like that. I got it right. Yeah. It's like, what about a country um, accent? Anyway. What a, you know, I always notice, like, there's an actress on a show right now. I'm not going to say anything, but it just irks the shit out of me. She does this southern accent, and she's English. Oh, yeah. English? She's English? English. And it's, uh, it Greg fucking English. destroys me when I watch. She's like, well, I don't even care where you're from. And I'm like, stop. Nobody, t- I mean, it's just like, it's so extreme. I mean, she could have done a subtle southern accent, but it's like, you know, well, I don't care where you're from. Do you know who the accent I absolutely adore, and I can't do it for the life of me, my wife can do it so well, um, is the girl from, I should know her name because she's fantastic, um, from Ozark, who plays Ruth. Oh, she's brilliant. I've only seen the first season, but she's brilliant. Oh my, like, she's so great in the show anyway. She's fantastic, but then her her accent is just I, I yeah, but she it. fits that. She fits like it. you believe that she's down there. Like she. Oh yeah. I just oh, buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But this yeah. this other one was just came in. Mm-hmm. I just it was weird when I was listening to it. But well, uh, it's tricky as well with accents. Is that is that I think a lot of people um, think that it's just as simple as vowel sounds and and away you go, and um, and the reason why I why I think that that it helped accents help me get into character more is is accent is so much more to do with rhythm than it is to do with actual sounds, um, in my opinion. And I think that once you get the rhythm of an accent, I don't know, it just, it, it's, it's the way someone talks. You can just, there's just things like, like, so I just did All Creatures Great and Small and I was paying, playing a really posh guy who had loads of money, um, sort of spoke very Queen's English, um, you know, I guess, even more posh than James Bond. Like the it's crown, kind of the like thing the that crown. People, like a very uppity. Very- yeah, yeah, exactly. And the rhythm of him just, it, it, it spoke to me so much about how he behaved and, and that there was certain dialogue actually that I read and I was like, that doesn't, that's, that's, he wouldn't say that. It doesn't, it, it sounds ugly in, in the, in the accent I've, I'm doing for him. And you just sort of tweak it a little bit and I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It just, when you get it right, it clicks and it's really, and I think that, it's quite understated finding a character's voice. I think for me personally, it's, it's, it's huge for me. Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, who's the, the best actor that you loved working with the most? That's a terrible question. The actor you loved working with the most in the history of your life so far. Ter- another terrible framing of a question. Um, I've, I've, that's hard. Alan Rickman. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, it feels ridiculous to sort of say anyone else, really. Um, you know, there, there's there's people who I feel that I've 
I've had closer relationships with and people who have probably, probably taught me more. Um, but it, it, just the level of, of just how good he was and how fortunate and ridiculous it was for me to have been working with him at that age. Um, it seems a bit stupid to even suggest anyone else. I mean, he was, it's just, I, I watch his performances now and I'm just like still going just fuck. Like, I wish I could have that time again. I wish I could go back and, and, and do, and, and work with him again. And, and from, from like what I know now, from everything that I've appreciate of him now, but I mean, I was a stupid kid, you know, kids are stupid. What well, you, you were 17 um, at the end when you had scenes with him, right? No, I would have been 20, 20 years old. You were 20 years old. So you were an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, I was, I was very, uh, I wasn't the outgoing, charming man that you speak to now. (laughs) I was very, very shy back then. And, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I guess take advantage is the wrong word, but I just didn't, uh, I didn't speak to hardly any of them, to be honest with you. Um, we, you know, I just was terrified of of them for no reason whatsoever, because they're all so, all of them were so nice and so friendly. And, you know, people I've spoken to years later, like Michael Gambon and Robbie Coltrane and and a few other guys that I've sort of since become friends with years later, I wish I could have had that relationship when I was younger. I just didn't. And, And obviously, sadly, Alan's one that I never got a chance to meet again after we, after the final premieres and stuff. And I just wish that, I wish, I mean, I guess we all have these regrets of when we were younger, we look back and we go, oh, fuck you, idiot. Why did you do that? Or why didn't you do that? Um, but I do, I, w- that's, I do wish I could go back and, and work with him again, knowing what I know now, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, that's pretty profound. And, and um, it is, it's sad. It's like, you know, but that's like, you take it as this was a great moment. I got to watch him work. I got to work with him and you take take it for, you know, take it for what it's worth and what you did. Even and- like telling them, like, I guess you must, you must, they must hear it all the time. Like people like that must, must genuinely hear it all the time. Oh my God, I'm your biggest fan. Oh, I think you're amazing. But you know, as a young actor, like these are people who have shaped you in ways you didn't even realize just from a film you watched when you were nine. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they have, they have had an impact on your career without you even realizing it. Some of them. And I don't feel, I mean, I said, I did, I did tell Alan that actually on, on the last day I did, I did say something along those lines. Um, What'd you but say? So many of them, I, I didn't. Well, I, 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 I think I must've told you this. I, um, on, on his last day, I went to his trailer and even knocking on his door, fucking terrifying. Um, and, uh, and I just said to him, Hey, um, I know it's your last day and I just wanted to say this has been incredible like to have worked with you for this long I know I know that we've not really spoken very much um but I just want to say that it wasn't you know it was because I was terrified but you were incredible and I just want to say thank you for allowing me to work with you for 10 years and not ever shouting at me or or you know treating any of us anything less than your equal um wow. and he was like come on in and, and he put the kettle on and we had a cup of tea and we just chatted about what I was going to do, you know, in my career going forward and what he recommended I do. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, I'm so glad I did that. I wish I'd done it five years earlier. You know what I mean? 
Um, but I was, at least I can say I did that. Like, that's one thing. Like, I, did, I never so, did that with anyone else. I didn't know that story. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, because he was, I Beautiful. think he was, um, I don't know what his job title was, but he was, he was, he was a f- quite important at RADA at the time. I'm not entirely sure exactly what he was. Like, he was president or something of RADA. I don't know. Um, and he was talking about how he thought I should go to drama school. Um, that was probably him very politely criticizing me. Um, I don't know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But this is what goes through my head all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but he was, no, he did say, you can do it. He said that to me. Those are his words. He says, you know, you, you can do it. Um, but his point was that I would need, um, my skills would need honing. And, and he was absolutely right about that. And he recommended theater and doing theater. And that's why I did some theater, which, I mean, he couldn't have been more right about that, that, that I learned so much more, uh, so much more about myself as not only just an actor, but as a person, like what, what do I want out of life? What do I want out of this career? I learned all that on stage. I didn't learn that on Harry Potter. I learned all that. Like when you're in the the firing line of, of critics every week on stage. Um, and, uh, I developed all my thick skin and, and, and well, thicker skin. Um, doing that and that's what i think he was telling me to go and do you know go and because doing harry potter you've got it easy you're uh you can hide behind a lot of people you can hide behind scenery for crying out loud you can get away with a lot when you're doing 40 takes of every scene and and you've got uh, spells going off and explosions and all this it's they can just chop and chop that to pieces they're going to make everyone look respectable you know so were there yeah um yeah were there times where when people, you go ahead sorry finish that no i was just gonna say when you're on stage you don't have that luxury D- did you see a lot of people like some people who just couldn't get their lines out and then you watch the performance you're like holy shit they cut them perfectly yeah of course i mean i i still see that i still see that on one tv shows that i've done i, I can't get the lines out i can't get the fuck what yeah. is it what is it yeah fuck, yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the important things as well about, about and not just Hollywood, but just, just the industry in general is that what people have to believe at home is that it's all, it's all make-believe. It's all, um, curated, you know, um, to make the person look as, as good as they possibly can do. Um, and that's not me being critical of performances of people at all. I'm just saying that people have to be realistic about these things. Um, whereas in theater, again, you don't have that luxury is you're on your own. You're on, yeah, you're out there, you're on your own and you are bearing your soul in a way like you're saying to all these people in the theater here, guys, this is an expression that I feel and I hope you like it and they might like it. They might hate it. And that's quite a terrifying thing to do really. Um, I, I, I guess it's like writing a song, you know, you write a song and you play it. Um, it might be the fucking worst song of all time, or it might be brilliant. You don't know until you play it in front of people, but what it, it's come from here. Right. And that's a very bearing, naked, vulnerable thing to do. Um, and uh, that's where, I guess that's where the thrill comes from, isn't it? I guess we all must be adrenaline junkies in some way. Oh yeah. It's funny. Cause I get this adrenaline, you get, you get a job and then you go, Oh my God. Then you go into the fear stage. And then you start oh, working. Shit, I've got to do it now. Yeah. yeah and you start working <laughs> it out and you're like, okay, maybe I could do this. And then you get to set. There's just all these emotions you go through. It's kind of crazy. All right. This is called shit talking with Matthew Lewis. This is uh rapid fire 
Uh, little Lisa, can you share with us one of your favorite behind-the-scenes moments that happened on the set of Harry Potter? One that maybe you haven't told. Uh, that is got to be supposed to be quick fire, isn't it? But, um, yeah, you know. I hate these questions. I hate these questions because, do you know, I'll tell you why, just, just quickly while I think of it in the back of my mind, I hate these questions, right? Because we've been answering questions like this for like more than 10 years now. And I always feel it's, it's, it's not fair to say the same old shit. So I try and think of something new and, and I can never think of anything. And so I get really stressed because I want to get, I want to give something <laughs> See, that's new so and exciting and people not can, heard before. You could just come up with something. It could be the same thing you've said before, but just quickly a behind the scenes moment. What's the one, one thing that you remember? Um, okay. So I remember one time, um, speaking of accents, I remember one time on Harry Potter uh, one, Philosopher. I, think I had to say a line. Has anyone seen my toad as in like Trevor, the toad, like a frog thing. And, um, because of the way I actually speak, my accent is, has anyone seen my toad? And Chris Columbus was was sort of in hysterics behind the monitor. And and I did it a few more times. Has anyone seen my toad? And eventually he had to come out and he says, Matthew, it it sounds like you're saying, has anyone seen my toad? And it sounds like you've hidden a little shit around the common room. And people like, like we, American audiences are not going to understand what you're saying. Toad. So I had to work with Sandra Freeze, who was like our voice coach to figure out a way that I can say, has anyone seen my toad instead of turd? And I haven't seen the film in like fucking 20 years. I don't even know if it's, in, I think they probably cut it out. I don't know. I think it was, it sounded so much like I was saying, has anyone seen my shit? That's brilliant. That, that, uh, they cut it That's out. That's a great story. If you could, uh, Leanne, if you could only put one thing on your bucket list, what would it be and why? Um, I want to go, so I've done, so I had a few things on my bucket list and I've managed to inexplicably tick off quite a few already. So I wanted to go, I had three, I had, I had a bucket list of three which is me just bragging about cool shit I've done, but I was going to do great white shark diving, uh, a bungee jump and a skydive. And I've done all three. So I've been thinking lately, like now that we're all in lockdown, like what the fuck am I going to do when we come out of lockdown? And one thing I want to do, which I don't know is going to speak very much to the American audience, but I want to go and watch an ashes series, which is cricket uh, down under in Australia. So it's England v Australia. They play every two years. They've been doing it for 140 years or whatever. And I want to go and, watch one in Australia. They, they alternate home and away. And the next one is the end of this year in Australia. And I really want to go. Fuck. That sounds cool. Uh, Claudine N. I know you're a huge Leeds uh, United fan. How do you feel the premier league is doing during the pandemic? Um, it's been the uh, mental season. It's been crazy. The craziest season I've ever seen. Um, I think that everyone is, is I guess suffering is, is kind of the word teams are suffering from the pandemic. Obviously no one's got any money. So no one's signing loads of players. Um, it feels like we've had a very short preseason. So maybe some teams aren't quite as up to speed as they were. Um, I think it's just been very unsettling for a lot of teams, you know, all like trying to be in bubbles. And it's meant there's been some completely insane, crazy results, which the only people who actually, the people who benefit is the spectator. It's been the best season of, of football I've seen in years. And that's not just because Leeds are in it. I mean, we are like the most entertaining team in world football <laughs> right now, but that's not the point is that it's just the, the pandemic, the, the, the pandemic has been terrible for, for many, many reasons, but it has made football more interesting. So every cloud, right? Yeah. Maisha, is there a dream role you wish you could play in any genre? Uh, I um, would like to do a Western. I would like to play a cowboy. I, I, I'm quite fascinated by, I do love that era. Um, like I just like the costumes and and 
Like, do you remember Maverick? Like, not the original, but the film with Mel Gibson. I always thought he looked so fucking good in that. And I always wanted to dress like Maverick. And then I was watching um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid again over Christmas. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking just how amazing Robert Redford looks in that movie. Like, how cool is Sundance? And they're incredibly handsome, like, too. I'd probably look just like, like an idiot. what a character. So I'd love to play someone like that. Sundance Kid. I mean, I could never do it, but oh, that would be a dream. Yeah, I'd probably be the guy that has, like, a really shaggy beard. And he's, like, the third horse behind. And is like... Owen, take care of it. And I'm like, you got it, boss. I'd be that guy. I'd be like, yeah, I'll take care of it. I'd be that loser guy in the, you know, when they're trying to blow, uh, when they're trying to blow up the, um, they're trying to rob the train, right? And there's that little guy who's locked himself inside and he's like, I work for E.H. Herman of the Federal Head. I'd be that guy. That'd be me. I, I would take both those roles for us to do, work in the Western. Yeah, right. Let's do it. Uh, last one, Taylor K. What was your favorite? harry potter film i know you've been asked it and did you keep any props from any of the movies anything um my favorite one to watch does that does that mean to watch i guess how about um, to watch or to or or just your most the most entertaining one man i've, I've only seen them all once um i i i i think i i it's the most recent one so it's a bit of a cop-out but i think the last one was was pretty exciting wasn't it i enjoyed watching that i remember getting there's something there's something quite exciting about it being being the end. I mean, it was quite uh it, there was a thrill involved that you know when the final battle was was about to start, you know, we're going into act 3 and it was like, oh shit, like this is this is it now. It's all going to kick off and um there was something quite exciting about that. I I I did enjoy that film a lot and it was pretty like action packed, fast paced. Didn't let up very much. I was in it a lot. The Hallows. That was good. Yeah, Deathly Hallows Part 2, I think that one. I, I don't remember the rest of them, to be honest. I like the fourth one. Goblet of Fire was good. I remember Goblet of Fire being quite good because I like the whole tournament. That's why Try Try was a tournament. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Try was a tournament. I enjoyed all that stuff. That was good. Um, what was the next bit of that question? But did you take any props home? Anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I took loads of stuff, actually. We weren't allowed <laughs> to take very much. Um, I mean, we weren't allowed to take anything. Um, managed to <laughs> smuggle stuff out, so we couldn't get ones. Ones were no. Um, but I've, I tell you what, I've got which is gross. I got my false teeth, which is disgusting. I was just going to ask you that. You have your false teeth. Yeah, yeah. I kept them, and I kept uh like the 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 fake ears that you know when they you know when they the pixies pulled my ears. Yeah, up? I kept them. I've got those latex like ears. Um, wow. What else have I got? I've got um. Well, speaking of the try was a tournament. I took a chunk. This is such a weird thing to take, but the maze where they did the 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 one of the things was in a maze, and I just took a chunk of the maze, like of the tree. I just took a chunk of that. Um, I've got my entire costume from the final movie. That's great. I won't say who did it because that they might be able to figure it out. But someone came into my dressing room at the end of the day on the last day and was like, "Do you want this?" And I said, "Yes." They said, "Put it in your bag right now." And I will leave the room. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I guess I stole that. Um, so I've got, I've got that, um, which is cool because when you go to the museum and they have the, the one there and they say, oh, that's the one that you wore in the film. I'm like, no, it's not. Cause I've got it. Um, <laughs> but there was like multiple, you know, we had like multiple costumes for different units and stuff, but the actual hero one, the main one, I've, I've got that. Do you ever think you'd ever put it up in the house as a prop? As like, you know, like, Look at me. You'd have to get one of those, uh, what do they call them? Do you know the what, partitions they have a real glass name? or whatever? The, 
No, like a mannequin. A mannequin, had to get yeah. a mannequin to, to, to dress up with it. A bit weird, wasn't it? I was I thinking, don't know. So this is, this is going to, this is, we just moved into this house. Well, we moved in last year, but we've not had any money to do anything. Um, so we've, we've, this is very bare. This, this is my office slash guest room. Um, and I've just started to put stuff on the walls. I don't know if you can see behind me. I've got like a, I've got a electric screwdriver over there. Okay, see, I, can do, I can do, uh, I can do DIY <laughs> stuff. I can do that. Yeah, I can do manly things. Um, nice. And so we're, um, I'm putting shelves up and I'm going to be putting stuff up and I've, I've actually just asked if there's any way to get like a, a Harry Potter poster or something that I can put up on the wall. Just cause I've never, I've never really been a collector of my own stuff. I've always found it a bit embarrassing, a bit, a bit cringeworthy, a bit, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm always so desperate to not be self-promotional and not be, um, like, uh, self-aggrandizing, I guess. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like to show off very much. So I never bothered to get anything like any like magazine covers that I've been on or, Let it go. or, uh, Let it go, uh film posters. I don't own any of this stuff. And I just suddenly thought like, I'm, maybe again, I'm getting older or whatever. I thought it'd be quite a nice thing to put up actually. So I've, uh, I have, I know I, you are, do you know, do you know what? It's funny because the reason I said, I said to my mate, I was like, do you know what? Every time I go around an actor's house, they've got all these amazing posters and photographs of them with like people. I remember that one of you and Clint Eastwood and I'm like, why the fuck don't I have anything up? So, yeah. Well, by the way, if it's okay. Like my thing is it goes in your office or maybe your podcast room, nothing else. Like for me, hmm. the rest of the house, you don't touch, but if you want to keep pictures of you and actors and things and stuff, it can go in your office. That's you. So have a Harry Potter poster. Put up your uh, suit. I mean, I feel like I looked at the picture of you and Clint Eastwood while I was having a piss. It was in the bathroom downstairs. Oh, that was in the bathroom <laughs> screening room. But I took that down and yeah, I, yeah, put, yeah. I put a uh, taxidermied uh, piranha fish there cool. instead. Okay. But no, you're right. But I should. Like, I think the idea is that I, there's, 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 a, there's a level of humility that you can have. But then sometimes you can go, you know what? That was fucking cool. I'm proud of that. Fuck yeah. And I haven't quite got there yet, but I would like to be able to to do that a little bit more. I'm just, I'm really, I'm really bad at self-promotion. I'm really bad at it. I don't like doing all that well, stuff. Well, look, I love that you do therapy. I love that you're constantly working on yourself. I think you're terrific. I think you're a great actor. I think you've done a lot of great stuff and it's time to start going, hey, I'm good. I'm humble. I'm, you know, and you know, it's, it's, you you really are hard on yourself. I'm hard on myself. It's amazing you don't have more anxiety because, you know, being hard on yourself is is taxing because you got to love yourself and believe in yourself and all these things. And that's it's it's easier said than done. And I think that takes a lot of work. But I think, you know, you're on a good path and you're a lot younger than I am. What are you, 31 now? Yeah, 31. Yeah. Jesus, man. That means when I was 16, you were zero. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, man. I just think I I think it's about I think it's about. Context. I think it's about appreciating um that that our industry is fucked in so many ways and that you 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 get put scrutinized and put on the spot and it's you're all based on how you look and 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 and, and like no like so few industries in the world people can openly slag you off on social media or whatever and it's encouraged like people people do that and it's fine like and and I think that um you have to look at it in context and go yeah but we're also doing what we love. Not many people get paid to do what they love, and and we we're, we're we're handsomely you know rewarded for it. And it's sort of you just gotta take it on the chin, and 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 ultimately, ultimately. And here's the key thing that I'm trying very hard to do in recent years. And I said this earlier. 
And I think everyone in every industry can benefit from this. But it's like, do it for you. Obviously, you've got to get money on, you know, money in the bank and whatever, but do it for you. Like when when you go, and I say this to every, and every time someone asks me about, oh, how do I become a young actor? What do I do? What's the best advice? I've got no practical advice for actors. I don't know shit about acting. I make it up as I go along. But what I'll say mentally is that you just have to appreciate that, that, that what you are doing all has to come from here. Like for it to be real and believable and accurate, it has to come from here. And just because someone else's exp- lived experience isn't the same as yours, and so they don't get it, it doesn't mean it's not right. And it doesn't mean that someone else won't get it. So when you go into a casting room or you do a tape, you go, hey, this is my truth. This is what I'm bringing to this character. This is what I think works. If you don't get it, it doesn't mean it's shit. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just wasn't what they were looking for. But yeah. someone else might have liked it. I don't think there's such a thing as a bad actor. Okay, well, there are some bad actors. I don't think there's bad uh, actors on film and TV. I don't think bad actors get jobs. I think lazy actors might get jobs. And I think that certainly, like take Nicolas Cage, for example, right? He does some mad shit, okay? Completely mad choices, really wild. But it speaks to some people. Might not speak to everyone, but it speaks to some people. And that's 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 art, isn't it? And if 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 he enjoys it, then who cares? <laughs> I, I was just going to end it with, you know, what should make us all feel good is, you know, there there's always going to be great actors, but there's always going to be a lot of shitty actors that are also working, and God bless them, that are happy. So why should shitty actors be happy, and someone who's not as shitty? <laughs> Now, I'm not, not saying me, I'm saying in general. So it's like, look, there's everybody. There's actors that are like, they know they're not that great, but they're working, they're doing whatever, and they're happy, and they're... Hey, we can't all be De Niro. We can't all be whatever. Right. You got to right. do it for you. We got to do it right. because we love it. We got to do it because also when, you know, even this podcast, like I was thinking of quitting it a while back, and, you know, then I realized, wait a minute, there's people who benefit from this and people who really uh, love it. And I go, and the big question was, do you love it? And I'm like... Yeah. That's it. I kind of do. That's the question. And that is fulfilling to do something you love. My brother's like, I heard your new song today because I'm coming out with a new album. And he goes, you know, I really love it. I go, yeah, he goes, what are you going to do with it? I go, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to ever be a rock star, but I did it because I really just love music. It's as simple as that. And particularly in a pandemic, we're all in lockdown. We're all fucking trying to figure out what to do with ourselves. If you're doing a podcast and one person's listening to it, are you enjoying it? Because that's all that matters. Like, well, then no. Because it's to... just one, no. I know well, what you're we, saying. Yeah, we probably don't enjoy it then. Then you should stop. Then you should you should absolutely stop and just just never do a podcast ever again. But if you enjoy, it, the point is, if you're enjoying it, just fucking keep doing it. Who cares, man? Yeah, Who cares? I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and I enjoy this conversation. That's all right. <laughs> hey, uh, this was awesome. I, I hope to see you, man. It's been too long. When this is all over. Uh, Hopefully you'll come back. I'd love to come to Florida. Where? Well, don't say where you are, but maybe if you're close to my grandmother's, I can make a pit stop. Where's your, where's your grandmother? Live? She lives in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Of course she does. I knew she'd be lived down there. Well, it's God's um, waiting no, room. No, I'm not near there. Huh? It's God's waiting room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't live down there, um, but um, you're more than welcome anytime. Of course, come hang out with us and uh, you can stay in, in this bed here. I'll keep the bed. I'll keep the bed. Just until you uh, until you've stayed and then get rid of That's it. That's a good reason to get rid of it after I've. But it's going to be full it. of posters of just me. <laughs> I love it. Give me something to jerk off to at night. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love you, man. Give Angela my love and thanks for coming on and thanks for allowing me to be inside you again, buddy. It was my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew Lewis, for uh, joining us on the podcast. It was a real pleasure having you on. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you were listening, if you're here for Matthew Lewis, I hope you stick around for the next episodes. We've got great ones coming up. And um, yeah, we also had Jason Isaacs the week before uh, from Harry Potter as well. So you could listen to him. Kind of a back-to-back Harry Potter. Uh, extravaganza. extravaganza. We're trying to rope in a certain audience here, Michael. Yeah, I think That's we're trying to rope in any audience. Yeah. Um, we have a great audience and there's a great listenership here. And uh, I love them dearly. And my patrons, if you want to join patron, uh, it's a way to support the podcast extra on the side. And uh, without my patrons, I don't know if I'd have a podcast. So thank you all my to all my patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash inside. Uh, don't forget the big uh, show this coming weekend, March 27th, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Sun Spin. We're going to probably play uh, the whole set of our album, maybe some covers. We might leave out a few songs that we're not in love with you can go to sunspin.com for all the information all merch and if you want any inside of you podcast uh merchandise you go to the inside of you online store and the code is uh inside ryan 15 inside ryan 15 for 15 percent off everything on the inside of you store that's pretty good because we just got brand new tumblers so people mm. are going to do that they're autographed non-autographed we got autographed mugs all that stuff so Check that out. And uh, why don't we go to the patron shout outs? These are all the people who uh, subscribe on the Patreon and give a little extra. And uh, they deserve a shout out. And I'm happy to read their names off. Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Robin S, Jerry W, Robert I, Jason W, uh, Apothean, Apothean. Oh. I believe Apothean is a new one. Is that not like a sect of philosophy? <laughs> it could be. A sect of philosophy? Yeah, sure. Apothean. Huh. Apothean. Kristen K, not to be confused with. Kristen Crook. Amelia O, Allison L, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJ P, Samantha. Let's fuck this up. M. That's correct. Jennifer N, Jackie P. Stacy L, Carly H, Jen S, Jamal F, Janelle B, Carrie B, Tabitha 272, not to be confused with. Tabitha 273. Ashley Ryan, Kimberly E, Mike E, Marissa N, L, Don Supremo, Dan, Jack S, Ramira, Beth B, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Ray A, Maya P, Maisha. Give him Maisha whisper. Maisha. Maisha. Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Shannon D. She's like, why did you just yell my name with a D? <laughs> Matt W, Berlinda, and Belinda, not Berlinda. <laughs> Belinda, Kevin V, James R, Chris H, Osborne, Osborne, H, Amy C, Dave H, Samantha S, Spider Man, Sheila, G, Ray, H, yes, Alyssa, C, Tabitha, T, Misha, N, H, Fuck. close. Tom N, Henry S, Katie F, you were close, (laughs) Katie F, Liliana A, Michelle K, hi Michelle, Hannah, Michelle S, and we'll get to the bottom line here, Talia M, Luke H, John S, Andrew T, Claire M, Liz J, Laura L, Chad L, Rochelle E, Nathan E, Brandel, Taylor K, Neil A, Marion E, Meg K, Janelle P, Dan N, Jennifer J, Wayne M, Diane R, Ojeda, Lorraine G, Olga C, 
Corey M and Carrie H. That's a big list. It's a lot of people. Is it getting bigger? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, a fine list. It and you know, if you don't know about Patreon, I'm just going to give you a little glimpse into it. Uh, these people all contribute a little extra on the side. They don't have to. Um, and they get some perks as well. But really, they're helping the podcast out. And they, uh, the top tiers, which you just heard their names, they get merch sent to them every three months um, and a little note from me. And um, they get to ask guest questions um, called shit talking. They um, get to ask me questions on inside of me when you have ask me questions once a month. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. I also do inside of you, uh, YouTube lives just for patrons where I play music and Rob comes over and we jam and people have request lines. And, um, I also do a zoom every once in a while with everybody, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, patrons become a big family and a lot of people have become really close friends on it. And that means a, a tremendous amount to me. Um, so there you have that. Uh, I believe that's all, that's everything for today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the uh, interview, and I hope you come back next week. Ryan, from the Hollywood Hills. From the Hollywood Hills. Michael Rosenbaum. My name is Michael. This is Ryan. And um, thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you. Um, it's always a pleasure, and I hope you had fun. So wave to the camera, and uh, we'll see you next time. to life got it got it hey guys welcome to the candy valentino show i'm candy valentino i was a founder before i could legally order a drink and for more than two and a half decades i've built scaled acquired and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that i've learned the mistakes that i've made and the wisdom that i've developed over my journey bi-weekly episodes every monday and thursday the candy valentino show wherever you listen